Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Tucker Milling. Join Andy Schneider, National Spokesperson for the USDA APHIS Avian Health Program, Editor-in-Chief of Chicken Whisperer Magazine, and author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, Chicken Factor Chicken Poop, and Zero Waste Chicken Keeping, as he welcomes top poultry veterinarians, poultry scientists, and poultry nutritionists to discuss the hot topics in the poultry world today and provide science-based, fact-based, study-based information to help you raise the healthiest poultry possible. And now, here's your host, Andy Schneider. Alrighty, thank you so much for tuning in today. We really appreciate it. To Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by our good friends Tucker Milling. Uh, boy, uh, when I look at the weather map, it's either scorching or it's flooding or things are going on across the country. And all of that can affect egg laying, too much rain, too much heat, too much cold, predator attack, bad nutrition, um, <laughs> you name it. And if your birds get the least bit stress over anything, then that can affect their egg laying. They're gonna, the first thing they're going to do, it seems like, is turn off that magical egg laying machine inside of them and you're just not really sure when they're going to start back. Or maybe you're like, hey, I got my first egg. This is great. I love it. It's been however many weeks. Uh, and I thought I'd be getting more from my new flock. Or, you know, hey, uh, my flock now is two years old, and I really think, even though I haven't been doing the tally marks and figuring out, you know, what's going on or how many I'm getting, I just don't think, like, I'm getting as many as I used to and they're, maybe they're approaching three years old or um, maybe it could be hey I changed feed on them and they're eating it but I uh, started getting less eggs or boy we're having a hot hot month here and uh, it's really hot or whatever the case may be you name it <laughs> and a lot of times the answer is well something stressing them out a little bit. Maybe there's a raccoon trying to get into the running coop. Maybe there's a coyote. Maybe your your own dog or your neighbor's dog was uh, uh, trying to uh, get in or attacked a, a, a bird uh, of yours, and the others are stressed out. As you know, if you've been a chicken keeper for any length of time, um, that any amount of stress, regardless of what it's coming from, can affect egg laying. Now, today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, how nutrition can play a, a role in um, egg laying, how it can affect egg laying, whether it's a bad choice of feed when you go to the feed store, how you're giving your feed, if you're just going out there and saying, okay, here's two scoops of feed, this is all you're getting today. Um, uh, maybe you're getting the uh, $12 bag of feed instead of the $22 bag of feed, how that may be able to affect egg laying, how many treats you're giving, uh, even though you're giving, let's say, a really good quality laying pellet, uh, but yet you're just shoving all kinds of treats and snacks at them, regardless if even you think they're healthy treats. Like, oh, I'm giving healthy treats. I'm giving cantaloupe. I'm giving watermelon. I'm giving tomatoes. I'm giving this. I'm giving that. Um, well, all of that stuff they're eating basically reduces the amount of nutritionally balanced feed they're eating. Uh, so they may now have osteoporosis because they're not getting the calcium they need, uh, which can affect egg laying as well. So you see kind of how this pattern rolls uh, down downhill, if you will. Um, so today we're talking with our good friend, poultry nutritionist, Dr. Curran Gehring, and he's going to be uh, talking today about how feed can affect our egg laying. Because so many things can, 
today we're going to kind of narrow it down to how feed can, whether it's the way you're feeding, too many treats, the quality of feed you're giving, what's in that feed. And if you go back and listen to all of these shows that Dr. Uh, Gehring has been doing for us all this year and even into a little bit last year, we've really focused on the feedback, what's in it, what's important, how much percentage, all this stuff. And so today I think this is going to be continuing that role uh, uh, regarding the importance of feed and today how it can affect uh, egg laying. So let me go over here and get to the phone lines and we'll welcome Curran. Hey, welcome to the show. We appreciate you joining us today. Hey, yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, man, we've had some hot weather here. Uh, it's kind of droughtish right now over here where I'm at, but for a while there we were getting rain every day for like two weeks, and it's just uh, it, it really varies with our uh, egg collection. And, uh, you know, carrying on, like I said, with this uh, dissecting feed and the importance of good nutrition for our birds, I thought this would be a good one because uh, – um, right now, may, people may be dealing with heat issue or flood issue or too much rain. And to come fall, which is right around the corner, if you think about it, they'll be molting, and that's going to reduce egg production. And then we've got the cold temperatures coming up. So there's a lot of things that can affect it. But oftentimes, people just don't think, oh, it's the feed I'm choosing, or maybe it's the way I'm feeding my feed, or maybe I'm, I need to up it and get a better quality feed, or uh, any, all of the above. <laughs> so we want to hear from you, our poultry nutritionist, and uh, hear kind of what you say about how feed, the kind of can select, how I feed, the whole gamut, uh, how how that can affect egg laying. Because people may be getting eggs, maybe they're first timers, and they don't know they should be getting more eggs. Or, uh, um, or you know, because people are like, well, I've been feeding scratch for 20 years since I've been keeping chickens, and I'm getting eggs, but but how many are you getting, and how's the health of your birds, whatever. So so it's, you know, a, a lot of times they'll say, well, I'm getting eggs, my, my hens are laying fine. They don't have anything to compare it to. Um, and so they may mm-hmm. think it's think it's success getting eggs. Hey, I'm getting eggs. But, wow, you could get maybe double the eggs, or, you know, you could get some more eggs if you went to a more nutritionally balanced feed. So I'm going to hand it over to you because we want to hear from your perspective as a poultry nutritionist and formulating these feeds. Uh, how our the feed we choose every day in our backyard uh, can affect egg laying, my friend. Yeah, well, I, you know, I think it's a, a good place to start. Like, you know, with um, and the number of eggs we get, and I, I think uh, it, it's important to just to point out that the the number of eggs that you get doesn't necessarily correlate with you know how happy or healthy your your hens are, and uh, so. You know, some people that has maybe have a small business where they're selling eggs, you know, they, they want as many eggs as they can get. But if, um, you know, if the eggs are only for your family of four and you have uh, 20 hens, then you, you, know, you might not uh, even come close to eating that many eggs, if you, especially if you have really good production. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as far as egg numbers go, I think it, it really depends on, um, you know how many eggs that you, you need, or or that you want to give away, and, and uh, so the you know the most important thing is making sure that your hens are healthy and and getting all the nutrition that, that they need um, for themselves, and then looking at the number of eggs that uh, that you want to get, and uh, you know are you getting that many, or are you getting uh, or, or not enough? Um, or too many, and uh, and then that can help, you know, make a good decision on uh, on your uh, feed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talk about that having your your hens healthy. Like I said, there's a lot of factors that that could uh, affect that, and um, if if they are healthy and biosecurity and husbandry practices mm-hmm. and and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and that's you know another important thing is. Uh, you know, I, I would love to, you know, just be the the most important uh, part of the equation as a nutritionist, but but really, um, you know, the, the majority of it is genetics, uh, and then, you know, what type of bird you have, and then how how well that bird's going to lay, uh, just you know, based on the type of bird she is, and then the other thing is management, and so mm-hmm. all those things that you, that you mentioned. Um, you know that that just plays a, a huge role. So you know you can 
you know, you, you can make up for a less than ideal nutrition, you know, a lot with really excellent management, uh, but you can't make up for poor management with nutrition. Uh, so, you know, making sure that they have that shelter and and uh, water available and and everything else they need is is really important. Yeah, and we know that in the in the in the summertime they'll drink more, eat less. We know in the wintertime they'll drink less and eat more. So that can that can be a factor as well. We often talk about um putting in or adding some type of water supplementation, uh vitamins, electrolytes, things like that, since they are drinking more in the summer and eating less to possibly help them out a little bit uh a little bit with that. But you know, let's um I don't know what you have in your outline, but we can kinda of talk go kind of first in line is uh, kind of the, we've talked about this for the last six months, but kind of the uh, start dissecting some of these things, like the choice of feed you make at the store, and then we can get into kind of how you're feeding, and then um, nutrition of you know how much they should really be eating or how much they are eating, and then we can get into treats. We beat that dead horse a lot, but some new new listeners may uh, may need a wake up call re- regarding that, um, and then if there's a difference between winter and summer, you know nutrition regarding egg egg uh, quantity and quality because there's also mm-hmm. quality of an egg too i know that um dr mccray down at auburn she once a year has the golden egg contest and she has 4-hers and others that will submit their eggs um and then they'll they'll have a complete competition on that measuring all kinds of things size of the egg thickness of the shell how high is the albumin uh when when you crack it open and it, and it lays on a plate all the stuff so quality so oh, yeah, i am getting i'm getting eggs from my chickens but you know have you thought about egg quality have you looked at that egg have you looked at you know all kinds of factors and maybe we'll you know, i'll get one of the uh, either poultry scientists um uh, McCray to come on and, and we'll talk about that one day, egg quality. I know we've done that before in the past, but not recently, so that would be a good one uh, because feed can affect that too. So let's, let's kind of start. I don't know where your, your outline starts, but kind of starting with that feed we, the choice we make when we walk into the store and, and, and related yeah. to egg, egg laying and egg production. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one of the things that, that really makes it difficult to, to dial in um, – you know, backyard poultry nutrition is that, you know, as a hen gets older, uh, her feed intake is going to change. Uh, you know, she's going to start eating, eating more as she gets older. Um, and then you also have the seasonal changes in, in feed intake, like you mentioned, uh, you know, especially, you know, with this summer being so hot, uh, it's going to uh, decrease intake in, in most cases. And, um, you know, and, and the other thing is, um, not only is the, the hen's feed consumption changing, but her nutritional needs are also changing as she gets older. And so, you know, there's going to be very different amino acid requirements, uh, calcium and phosphorus requirements between, uh, say, a hen that's in peak, it, uh, you know, it's, it's very young, uh, you know, say less than 30 or 35 weeks old uh, versus one that's maybe a year or two uh, years old. Mm-hmm. And so, um, sorry, got some uh, <laughs> people in the office here. But, uh, hey, no problem. So I hope there's not too much uh, background noise. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, the thing is in a in a commercial operation, you, you would have this matrix of uh, – you know, dozens and maybe maybe a hundred different diets uh, that are going to be for different ages, uh, different amounts of feed consumption, um, and you know obviously in you know when you go to a feed store they can't carry a hundred different products from from one uh, you know just for laying hens from from one feed manufacturer, and, and there's you know if uh, if a feed company was to make that many products and stock them all uh, just for laying hens, uh, you know, the efficiency would be decreased so much that that feed would cost, you know, I don't know, twice as much probably because um, you'd be doing small runs of, of each one. So, uh, you know, long story short, it, it's uh, it's not possible to to match the the nutrient consumption uh of a, a backyard hen 
um, that, that's, uh, you know, eating bag feed uh, the way that we can in a, in a commercial setting. So, um, you know, as a, as a nutritionist formulating, uh, you know, these types of feeds, and we, you know, we try to hit a number that's going to be pretty good for, you know, for any hen, uh, regardless of uh, her feed consumption or, or her age. But point is, it's not going to be ideal or perfect, at, at, you know, for, for most times throughout her life. So there are some things to consider, like, you know, with a very young hen, like she has more, uh, you know, higher amino acid requirements. Uh, she has um, a lower calcium requirement than an older hen. She has a higher phosphorus requirement than an older hen. Um so these are things that uh, you know a lot of times in um in a more premium feed uh those are typically going to be more nutrient dense so you're going to have more uh more amino acids uh you know calcium is is typically uh you know one of the cheaper nutrients to supply so you know those those feeds might also be lower in calcium to make room for um, that that higher amino acid density. And so, you know, I think in a lot of cases, a more premium or ultra-premium feed would be more uh, appropriate, uh, especially on a uh, younger hen that's in high production. And, you know, then when you when you have older hens and their production has, has decreased, you know, then it, you know, might... Uh, make more sense to, to go to a, uh, you know, another feed that, that might have uh, a lower plan of nutrition uh, and, and would be cheaper. But um, that doesn't mean that you can't feed that ultra-premium feed all the way through at all. Uh, you know, that, that would be fine. But, uh, you know, I, I would think that a lot of uh, more economy-type products might have those higher calcium levels, more to a 4.5% uh, percent, uh, versus 4 um, and, uh, you know, might supply what that, that older hen needs to maintain that, uh, that shell quality. Um, but, you know, then the other thing that, that people can do is, uh, if they're feeding, uh, you know, a really good feed that, that might have a calcium level closer to 4%, then, you know, when they have older hens that are laying bigger eggs, um, you know, maybe getting uh, some shell quality issues, more cracks, and and things like that. You know, they can also supply some free choice uh, oyster shell mm-hmm. that would you know help get that uh, you know a little more calcium uh, available, and then also that that large particle size that's going to help uh, to to maintain shell quality. Yeah, I had mentioned that earlier about, you know, age difference in hens and, you know, you get up two to three years and, and you know, things change with, with egg laying versus you've got some that just started out at 20, 22 weeks, they started laying and, and a lot of people are just like, I thought it was about 20 weeks when they're laying and here it is 34 weeks and I still don't have eggs and, you know, I can come down to breed and weather and all kinds of things and, and, and nutrition as well. So there's, there's like, oh, wow, the egg laying questions I would get when I was on the road touring for all those years were plentiful and, and very, uh, what do you say, a, a mixed hat, if you will, because they were coming from all different directions because, like I said, it could be anything and everything. They, Whatever stress they're having will uh, turn off that egg leg machine inside of them or delay it or, uh, hey, I'm getting eggs, but I'm not getting as much. Um, yeah, so, but, but we don't see... Uh, no, no one's come out yet. I'll just refer, make it that way. And, and who knows, with, with the population now of, of chicken keepers around the country... Uh, there may be somebody in their mind or maybe on paper starting to work a, uh, and, and even if it's just a marketing, and I don't want to say gimmick because there might be some science backing it up, uh, a marketing mm-hmm. not ploy, but to say, hey, maybe, maybe we'll have success because um, science shows us this. Um, whether people will jump on board or not, who knows, but having a summer blend or a uh, winter blend or maybe um, – you know, uh, instead of just going right to a standard lamb pellet uh, from Chick Starter, maybe having something a, a, 
uh, uh, when they're starting to lay something uh, a different blend. And I know that on on your end, being a producer, great <laughs> can create a lot of headache. Like, oh, now we got all these other different bags and bag labels and, and machines. And what day are we going to run this yeah. and that? Do we need to clean things through? Um, and then I don't know if what percentage of the chicken population are going to be that enthusiastic about, oh, wait a minute, what, I mean, it's hard enough for them to say, okay, you know, eight weeks grower or eight weeks starter, eight weeks grower, and then, you know, 16 weeks switch over to layer or just 16 weeks uh, for starter and then I'll go uh, layer at 16 weeks or is it 18 weeks or is it all the way to, you know, there's, there's enough confusion (laughs) with, with, I would say kind of limited feed we have out today, you know, grower, the starter, the lay-in, and we still get questions just about the choices and when to start them. Uh, so even if science, some science yeah. did show that we could do a winter blend or a summer blend or maybe a special feed right after they start laying for so many weeks before we just get to a kind of a standard 16% or 22% layer uh, and things like that. So uh, And then you have the, the average backyard chicken keeper with 12 hens, uh, 12 or 30, depending on your chicken math, um, having to remember all of that. So I don't know. Uh, that may just be more of a headache than anything when, like I said, you are yourself designing what you feel is the perfect feed for them uh, from for the egg layer and the perfect feed for the starter already uh, based on all these variables kind of put in there. Yeah, you know, if this is happening, this is happening, we, we might tweak this a little bit or that, but at the same time, the headache that involves in that even from the consumer standpoint. So we're still, you know, you're still designing the best feed, you know, possible laying pellets so that, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, somewhere, somewhere, somebody may be thinking about that for the, you know, the, 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 I don't know, the finicky or that, you know, that super chicken mama that, that would small niche maybe that would buy that special summer blend or winter blend. I, I don't know. You're, you probably attend those meetings a lot or have that topic come up a lot. So it may have gotten some traction, may not, or what I just described being the issue, why no one's kind of jumped on that bandwagon or, you know, I, I want to say at one point a company had like a, like they do with dog food, a senior blend. Yeah. Is your dog up in age? You know, and, and there may be some for chickens out there. I just don't know about. It. I've never seen any. I haven't heard it. It's not in the forums, but I didn't know if that you know because you know a lot of people, even when they stop laying, you know they have that attitude that you know, hey, they're part of the family. They're named. They're pets. I'm not going to just because they're not laying call them. I can still get insect control from them. I can still use them as pets. I can still turn my compost pile eggs or not they've been great to mm-hmm. me i'm going to keep them let them this will be their retirement home uh, and then you got to worry about current like well how am i going to make sure these six chickens are eating the senior plan but all the others in the coop are only eating the regular layer and then i've got these new layers and that's why dr mccray oftentimes on many of shows talks about really not having a mixed flock but but then you have to worry about yeah. it. there it comes if they come out with a senior plan how are you going to differentiate <laughs> what they're eating, unless you're keeping them in different coops. Okay, here now it's time right. to go to the retire. Time to go to the retire. You get your retired hens kind of over in a coop and run designated for them, and then all the others. So it can become kind of a headache and a hassle. Versus again, the probably the perfect way still today is, hey, I'm going to get this these 16% land pellets, 22% land pellets, because that's I know that's the best design for them. All that I mean, I guess people can relate to everything I just yapped about. Um, is there any talk about doing those different plans of feed for different age groups or, Hey, this is the best theory regardless of what's going on in your flock. Yeah. Well, um, th- I mean, it's a good idea. And, you know, like I said, we couldn't have dozens of different diets, but, uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, uh, you know, a young hen, old hen, uh, you know, two different diets would be a possibility. Um, you know, and the and the other thing is, you know, something like a, uh, you know, as far as just matching the, you know, the seasons or the the temperature outside, you know, that could just be, just switch to a, uh, you know, a slightly, uh, tweaked formula from May through August or or something, um, you know the. The problem now for us is that on most of our bags, we've gone to putting everything on the back of the bag rather than a tag. And so, you know, we can't change a ingredient list 
um, without getting a new back. And so, you know, that, that would be a challenge um, because, you know, then if you have bags that aren't used for several months, there's, you, you know, you got to worry about keeping them uh, clean and dry and, and uh, you know, you have all that extra inventory. But, uh, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's certainly a, uh, something that, that we should consider because um, one of the things during the summer, too, is, is um, you know, you can also get shell quality issues just because of the heat. And not not just because of you know hens getting older, um, but in the summer with heat stress, they're panting a lot. Uh, you know that's going to affect their their ability to make a good shell. And so one of the things that um, that you consider as a nutritionist is the dietary electrolyte balance or uh, DEB, uh, which is it's all your uh, positively charged ions uh, minus negative. So typically sodium and potassium uh, minus chlorine. And so, you know, you think about your typical just regular salt is sodium chloride. Um, so w- w- what you would do to um, to increase your dietary electrolyte balance, which is what you want uh, when there's heat stress, is you would supply some of your sodium uh, in the form of a, a chlorine-free fr- source. So one that... So you know, replace uh, some of your salt with, say, sodium bicarbonate or baking soda um, or or S-carb, which is sodium uh, sesquicarbonate. And so those are, or, or sodium sulfate. And so those are all um, sources of sodium that are, uh, you know, adding sodium without the, the negative charge. And then that's going to, uh, you know, help to maintain uh, the shell quality and, and manage heat stress. Um, so you know something like that's pretty pretty easy to, and inexpensive to, to do, um, and you know wouldn't you know you're talking less than a five pound per ton difference in ingredients probably. So it's not really changing the formula um, other than just moving those minerals around a little bit, and so that. You know, it's certainly doable to do a, a, you know, a summer versus winter formulation. Yeah, I was, I was, I'm glad to cover that because I was going to ask about that too, other than just the age groups, but the summer, winter. And I don't know if anybody's doing that right now at all either. So, like I said, if if, if science proves it, if if uh, you get, I don't know if you do surveys or you know, just say, hey, let's try a sample of this before we go crazy with it and it. A specific area to see if it's something that might you know take off uh then that might be something to uh to look into and i can do surveys you know on our social media and things like that people listening to the show can call me and say hey if you know if you if we can show you if dr curran can say hey here here's something that that we may be taking the turn on here in, as an industry here in the next few years you know would this interest you would you you're not going to say do you care enough about your birds to do this uh, because everybody loves and cares about their birds, but it would be, is this something you would consider if it meant better nutrition in the winter or maybe the summer? Um, because we, we already yeah. know people uh, look for, like, uh, when they're molting, there, there's, like, out on the market, there's no, you know, uh, reason, reason to hide it. There's special feeds that, that claim that, that it's better for molting or molting season. Um, some people will want to do something, which we, we – we beat this dead horse too, my friend and, and you and everybody else in the magazine about, oh, molting, mm-hmm. we need to give them all this protein. We need to give them cat food, dry cat food, great for protein. And we already know that's false and not recommended whatsoever. But, you know, if they're already doing that, then what's to say if they're doing it for the molt, they won't do it for uh, a winter-summer blend or a, or a senior blend versus a, the, the regular pellet. I mean, I'm, I'm sure even still from doing this for 15 years and following these forms, see what people are talking about. Uh, still a smaller number that are just changing anything during the molt. Um, and, uh, mm-hmm. but it's still obviously that you still see the feed, uh, in, in the store. So it still may warrant, you know, making that. So, Hey, I'm going to go to do a commercial break and then we'll come back yeah. and, uh, we'll have about 15 minutes kind of to wrap it up. I know the show will be ending earlier today, not a huge uh, topic for in depth, uh, thing, but I, I did want to discuss this and get people kind of thinking the, 
the right way about uh, how feed can affect egg laying. So we'll go to a real quick commercial break. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about how feed can affect egg laying with our backyard chickens. Uh, we know a lot of stuff can. You know a lot of stuff can, all kinds of different stresses, but specifically how when I walk in the store, bag feed. If you missed any of the show so far, moments after the show ends, the live show, uh, it'll be magically turned into a podcast, and you'll be able to listen to this whole show in its entirety anytime you want. 2 a.m., you can't sleep, and you're thinking about your birds and why you're not getting that many eggs. You can listen to the show anytime you want, <laughs> like the other 1,200 we've done over the last, I don't know, 14 years. So we're going to go to commercial break. We'll be back right after this. When you need an incubator, think Brincy, the incubation specialists. Brincy has been a world-leading manufacturer of quality incubators for almost 40 years. They manufacture incubators that hold anywhere from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity controls and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and receive 10% off your entire order. Order your new incubator today at Brincy.com. That's B-R-I-N-S-E-A.com. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. Are you dealing with a stinky coop or brooder? Backyard chicken owners are loving Chick Fresh. Not only does it eliminate the nasty odors, but it also eliminates the dangerous and unhealthy ammonia. You can use Chick Fresh in your coop, brooder, garbage can, litter boxes, and more. Even use it in your spouse's smelly shoes. Get your bottle 15% off today by going to coopcarespecial.com. Take back control and say no to nasty odors. Since 1921, Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. Today, the Stromberg's family offers over 200 different breeds of poultry, including chickens, waterfowl, and game birds. They also offer poultry supplies for both the beginner and experienced poultry keeper. Stromberg should be on the top of your list when it's time to order your new day-old baby chicks and poultry supplies. Order online today at StrombergsChickens.com. That's StrombergsChickens.com. Metzer Farms is now hatching and shipping the premier egg layer. This girl is consistently laying jumbo eggs with a higher nutrient density and lower water content than your eggs now. She is an extremely hardy bird and the most heat and cold tolerant egg layer available, allowing for year-round outdoor production. An eggshell unmatched in sturdiness and thickness, making cracks a thing of the past. Increase your health and double your egg profits. Of course, we're talking about ducks. Duck eggs are revered by chefs for their succulent flavor and by bakers for being the better baking egg. Learn more about this extraordinary duck, the Golden 300, or any of our other 35-plus breeds of ducks and geese at MetzerFarms.com and order your next flock from us. Strong Animals uses plant-based products and natural approaches to promote the health and vitality of backyard flocks. Our daily snacks, water additives, and coop refresher products contain organic essential oils, prebiotics, and other natural ingredients to promote digestive health and immunity. Give your chicks and chickens what they need to thrive with Strong Animals products. Available at local farm stores across the country and Amazon. Visit GetStrongAnimals.com today to learn more. And now we return to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer with your host, Andy Schneider. That reminds me uh, of a story, and, and, and again, most of our regular listeners have heard it, so I'll take it kind of a different. Um, back when I was not even planning on 
changing feed sponsors. And um, I was having supply issues uh, with my current sponsor at the time. And uh, it kind of forced me to experiment with all the food that was available to me within, say, an hour's drive. Uh, to the feed stores, all different brands. And believe you me, with the multi-species we have here at the time, from cows to turkeys to chickens to goats to hogs to rabbits to you name it. Um, and so I was trying uh, a multitude. That was my goal. I said, well, I'm going to try this for, for a month or six weeks or two months or whatever it was. I'm going to try this. And I can for sure tell you that uh, there are some feeds through that process there are some feeds specifically for chickens. The show's all about that. It probably can cross over to some cows and hogs and things like that. Uh, but I can assure you that I learned that there are uh, some feeds out there that I will refuse to buy for my flock ever again. And I've talked to the store. And I'm like, why do you even sell this? This is the worst uh, issues I had with my flock uh, that out of anything I've ever fed and, and 30 years, say, of keeping chickens. And um, so there's some stuff that's just been checked off the box. I, I'll, I will go a day or two with that if I have to before I, I buy that. So I know there's, there's the quality there uh, issue, and, and you have studies there. Um, I know that you've conducted about, you know, uh, a premium feed and, and how it can eventually and can ultimately actually cost you less based on egg production and the amount of feed that they're going to eat to meet their level of nutrition and things like that. We, we've talked about that so many times when you're on, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, but I've seen it firsthand here, and, and I have all the feeds that were available to me within an hour's drive. You know, again, so people know, maybe you're you know, a new listener, that's why I – called you guys and I said, hey, this is what I've done for the last six months to a year. Uh, actually, it's probably closer to a year uh, that we were having uh, those feed issues. And um, uh, with just supply chain and things like that. Um, and I was like, y'all are the winner out of everything. And we, we need to basically work together. So out with the old, in with the new. And, and, and the wet rest is history. Because I saw it. It wasn't, you know, uh, Hey, Andy, we'd like for you to promote our feed. Here's some money. Please promote our feed. It was, hey, y'all won out over all the other feed companies that were available to me and, and the, all the different types of varieties, companies, everything, with an hour's drive of me because I've tried them all. And uh, y'all went out. We, we need to, to work together. Plus, you're so close by. But um, And I encourage people maybe to do, especially now with feed getting more and more and more expensive. We talked last time you were on about, you know, are there feed alternatives versus the bag feed because the price is going up and more than likely that'll cost mm -hmm. you more in the long run, whether it be egg production or the healthier birds or whatever. So um, this, this falls in right exactly with, with last week's show. And, uh, and part of that was egg production um, with me when I was trying the, the different feeds and I just saw some that just dropped off to, to horribly and then the size of the all kinds of things that I saw from from a par, farmer standpoint not from a uh, uh, sponsor standpoint just as me in my backyard I'm having to pay out of pocket uh, and I still do pay out of pocket for my feed that I choose to feed my animals right here um, and uh, and that's that's what I choose because it's my dollar and I saw the effects of it for so long so um, we got about, I don't know, six minutes or so. We're going to end the show uh, a little bit early. I knew that it wasn't a real in-depth talk, bit, but my wife also just texted me and said the uh, church van was ready. Um, I took it up for a uh, uh, church bus, rather. Uh, the American Heritage girls are taking okay. it tomorrow, tomorrow on a trip. And uh, I noticed the tire was a little low, and I think it just needed a valve stem because they couldn't. Uh, they it just anyway. So I'm going to go and try to uh, pick that up uh, and get it back to the uh, church, so it'll be all fuel it up, so it's ready for their trip to uh, tomorrow. So it works. It was worked out perfect. We were going to end a little early anyway, but um, on your outline, we talked about anything we didn't really touch on. I know, folks, if you know, you can go back and listen to all of Current's broadcast over the last six months and be wow, college almost educated on it on what he talks about and backs it up with science about the importance of feed and the feed we choose and how we feed and all of that what's in the food protein is king is it really i'm not sure all this stuff because <laughs> uh, they're fantastic shows so we're really thankful that uh he takes his time an hour uh or so every month to come on the show and talk about 
from a poultry nutritionist point of view. So we've got, you know, the poultry gen- nutritionist level uh, side of things with Dr. Curran Gehring. We've got the poultry scientist with Dr. McCray. We've got the poultry veterinarian with Dr. Pateski. So we're, we're coming at this chicken keeping with all angles from all different specialties. And even then we can break it down to, I mean, there's, there's PhDs that do nothing but study eggs and the egg itself. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's all so specialized now, uh, regardless of what it may be. But anything on your list, the kind of that you wanted to convey to these folks about, you know, how feed can affect the uh, the egg laying, whether how many we're getting, the size of the egg, the quality of the egg, meaning, you know, the inside of the egg quality, uh, size of the yolk, size of the albumin, uh, all of that. Anything you wanted to wrap up or say, you know, I really didn't want to forget talking about this. So now is your time to shine again. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, you know, I think a lot of it goes back to, you know, again, the, you know, reading the the bag or the 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 label and and uh you know as far as as egg size goes um you know before we were talking about you know having a, a more premium or or ultra premium feed for younger hens and and um you know and, and it's health wise it's probably fantastic to feed that all the way through but you know one thing that might happen with older hens is is that more expensive feed is probably going to have more energy and uh, more fat, more and more of uh, the amino acid, uh, especially uh, the thionine. Uh, those mm-hmm. things are going to increase egg size. Uh, so, you know, it's. It, I mean, I, I think it's always. You know, I would try to feed the best feed that I can to my hens, but if uh, if egg size is getting too big and there's you know more shell quality issues with a with the older flock, you know, then it, it might uh, be beneficial to, to take a step down in terms of the the price point on on that feed um, because it's probably going to decrease the calories and the methionine and and help to to keep that that egg from from uh, you know getting too big. Um, and then the other thing from a label reading standpoint is um, you know when you look at the say the, the Ultra premium, you know, fancy, you know, best feed. Uh, they're probably corn soy based. Um, either all all corn soybean meal is the major ingredients, uh, or corn soybean meal and and then wheat mids uh, or or something like that. Um, but just because a feed, you know, maybe starts with wheat middlings, that that doesn't mean that it's not really good, and it doesn't mean that you're not going to get maximum egg production. Um, because there's there's uh, been a good amount of research done on uh, on using some of those uh, you know more fibrous ingredients like wheat middling, soybean hulls. Um, there's research showing that that uh, you can maintain maximum egg production up to say 40 something uh, percent wheat middlings, uh, and then with soy hulls you can uh, you know, maintain production and and your other uh, egg production and other production parameters up to about seven percent of the diet, and so you know you can have quite a bit of um, of those ingredients and still get great egg production. The the one thing that will happen is you know as especially with with the wheat middlings, you get up to thirty or forty percent, which means it's probably at the at the you know first ingredient uh, on the ingredient list, right. um, you're going to start to lose uh, feed conversion. And so those birds are going to eat more feed for every egg. You know, even if they're laying the same number of eggs, um, you ah. start uh, going through feed faster. Um, the other thing is, uh, you know, you, then you have more soluble uh, fiber, which, you know, may make a... Uh, you know, not as dry dropping, and so you have some of those issues potentially. Um, but again, even uh, even if you have a wheat middling's first feed, that doesn't necessarily mean that the feed conversion is going to be bad, um, because one thing that a nutritionist can do to to counteract that is we can add uh, enzymes like xylanase or cellulase that break down fiber, um, and this is an area where, you know, I think a lot of feed companies probably don't do a good enough job 
uh, with differentiating some of those fermentation extracts or products that are in the ingredient list. And so, you know, probably the majority of the time those are probiotics. But then, uh, you know, you also have things like uh, Amifirm, which is a uh, fermentation product, Aspergillus oryzae. It's not a bacteria, not a, not, not a probiotic. Um, then you have enzymes, which are typically fungi or, or yeast, so like uh, Pitchia pastoris or Trichoderma uh, recii or Trichoderma uh, longibrachiatum. Uh, you know, and that, all those things kind of look very similar in, on the ingredient list, so it's hard to tell, uh, you know, if, if a xylanase is included, if it's not spelled out right on the back of the tag. Um, but that's always something, you know, if you if you do have a, you know, wheat mids first feed, then, you know, I would look at um, at the ingredient list. And if you see anything that's something fermentation extract or something fermentation product, and it's not lactobacillus, enterococcus, bacillus, or aspergillus, then it's probably... Uh, probably one of those enzymes, and and you know it's always a good idea if you're not sure to you know contact the the feed company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of putting all that together and processing it. Now the only thing I could think of was you know the folks that are listening like just take you know <laughs> take all that in because like I said that for those of you who think oh I'm just all they focus on is that. 16 to 20 percent protein if they'll go and mix their feed i never what you just talked about and the wheat middlings and up to a certain percent and then after that you'll be eating more to meet that egg 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 production number and and so a lot of people just go to the store feed mill or whatever and say okay let me get uh so much of this so much of that so much of this so much of that so much that you didn't mix it all together what was it oh okay that gives me 16 percent yeah we're good we're good that's 16 percent pellets is what i normally buy at the store this is going to save me uh, i don't know five dollars a bag and yeah that's that's great and um i can see that happening every day i see it happening about that yeah i just haven't mixed this up and it's 16 percent they don't cover any of that other stuff that you were just again talking about uh a few seconds ago and then the last show and then the show before that and then the Vita packs and what they do and things that are going to affect egg size. They're just, they'll go and mix all this stuff up. It'll probably look good because it might look like scrap. Oh, look how good and fresh this is all natural. And and then uh, that's 16% protein or it's 20% protein. So we're good. We got the protein number, but at the mm-hmm. same time, based on everything you just talked about, it should be an eye opener. Like, Ooh, there's a lot more to go into this healthy nutrition then just mixing all these together, yeah, it adds up to 16%. We're good. Let's roll. And I'm saving five bucks yeah. back. <laughs> and I know that happens yeah. all the time. Um, and uh, absolutely. I mean, we didn't even touch on, and, and we may actually do an a, a, a actual designated show on uh, fermentation of feed because I still see that out there a lot, especially with the prices getting up. Well, I ferment my feed and uh, my prices dropped half. Or I'm, they're eating half or you know, and how that really affects. Why, why are they just eating half with you for a minute? And are they? And what are the risks? Because we know there's risk. Uh, oftentimes, I'll say, "Hey, if you do this wrong, you can have a whole dead flock due to uh, mycotoxins, things like that, and uh, uh, molds. And it's, it's more than just soaking feed in a five-gallon bucket for three days and then feeding it to your chickens. Um, when you get comes right down to it, so uh, that that's something maybe we can start looking at. Maybe for next month, we've got we got a whole month to go. Mm-hmm. Maybe that we can look okay. into that, and uh, you can research this fact. Let's do that now, and then I won't have to. Hey, what do you think we should do? Let's talk about yeah. um, um, the uh, fermenting feed and and how there it's more to it than just putting some feed in a five gallon bucket and soaking it for three days and giving it to your chickens. And if so, if there's some studies that show they might consume less, uh, you know, how much less are we saving any money at the end? Are there any negative effects? Uh, outside of, you know, the, the dangers of doing it wrong or having moldy feed or because uh, some people say, hey, they ate it all or, you know, if they ate it all, did they, could they eat more and why do they want to eat more and how did you decide yeah. what to give them? Are you measuring out? There's all these things to go along with that other than just folks that say, oh, yeah, I ferment my feed and I, I save half. But what 
tell me more. <laughs> you know, just do you think that, mm-hmm. you know. So that's great. We'll just work on that for uh for next month when you come on fermenting feed and is it is, okay. is all what it's cracked up to be, if you will. That's kind of we'll have that show. So no, thanks for tuning in. I think everybody that listens to your shows, I know we got some specific fans that say, Oh, I can't miss Doctor Kern when he's on because I'm learning so much and it's you know, I can I I got a comment this, you know, I'm listening to to Dr. Gehring, and and I don't feel so bad now when I have to be because I can kind of see yeah it's going up and oh we don't like it and there's you know all these outside issues that's causing my feet to go up but since I've been listening to him you know it's like I don't mind it so much now because everything he said about uh, pay now or pay later regardless of the price of price of that bag of feed. So I've gotten yeah. some comments like that, that, you know, oh, it does hurt the wallet, but you know, uh, he's convinced me that I'm, I'm doing the right thing, even if it is hurting my wallet a little bit. So thank you on and all your expertise. And, uh, folks, if you're, if you're in the Southeast in the Southeast United States, I truly encourage you to look at, to see if your local store has the Tucker Milling brand feed. If they don't ask them, can you get me Tucker Milling? And that includes like Alabama, Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky, uh, Mississippi probably. Um, there's like eight or nine mm-hmm. states in the southeast. And uh, I would encourage you to ask if you can get that because I guarantee you, you're not only going to probably save some money, um, but the results are going to be absolutely fantastic because I saw them with my own two eyes. So uh, check out Tucker Milling and ask why they don't carry it. Can you get this for me? Can you, you know, well, they said they can deliver here. If you'll just call them and say, hey, get me a, a truckload, have a truckload, you know, however many pallets, and, uh, and try it out. Um, so, yeah, put some pressure on your local stores about contacting Tucker Milling to see about getting their feed in your store. So thanks, Kern. We appreciate you coming on today, and I hope you have a great another month, and we'll see you next month when we talk about fermenting feed. All right, sounds good. Thank you, Andy. Yeah, thank you, bud. You have a good one. All righty, that's going to wrap up a uh, another show. That is, if I can, yep, yeah, there it is, press this button correctly. And, uh, hey, remember, if you missed any of the show, you can go back in a few minutes and listen to it in its entirety, even at 2 a.m. this morning. Don't forget, you can and everybody else can subscribe totally free to the digital edition of Chicken Whisperer Magazine, Dr. Curran Gearing writes, Dr. Uh, uh, Bridget McRae writes, uh, Dr. Potesky writes, Dr. Fox writes, all these experts in their field are talking and writing in the Chicken Whisperer magazine. And guess what? You can just go to chickenwhisperermagazine.com, and while you're there uh, subscribing to the digital edition for free, uh, you can read every single article that we've ever had in the last eight years of publishing that magazine. So uh, it's, it'll be well worth your time. Uh, again, that's chickenwhisperermagazine.com. And we will see you next week right here on Blog Talk Radio. This has been Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Tucker Milling, with your host, Andy Schneider. For more information, find us on the web at chickenwhisperer.com, on Facebook by typing in The Chicken Whisperer, on Twitter at Backyard Poultry, and on Instagram at The Real Chicken Whisperer. Thanks for listening.